0: hello and welcome to interdependent study our podcast where we engage in the learning and unlearning work for social justice and collective liberation i'm aaron and i'm Damien. thank you so much for joining us today for those new to our podcast interdependent study is meant to be a space and community for folks who believe in and want to do the work of social justice each week we'll bring
1: something new to the table and discuss our thoughts and feelings about it through the lenses of who we are and where we can
0: go for a more just society. We want interdependent study to be a space where we're always learning with one another. And Damien, you're up this week. So what do you have for us on the table today? I
1: am. All right, folks. So today I've brought a documentary to the table for us to talk about. The documentary is called Say Her Name, The Life and Death of Sandra Bland, uh, which came out back in 2018. Um, and neither of us had actually seen it before. Yep. So um, that was definitely one of the motivators for us to check it out now. Um, the, the documentary shares the story of Sandra Bland's life and death in police custody um, back in July of 2015. And the local and national outrage and, and protests and activism that, that followed her death, um, I think, Two of the most compelling things this documentary does is, for one, it shares the the circumstances and actual events that surrounded her arrest and her time in jail uh, and and her death uh, in in real depth. Which you yeah. know, to be honest, some of that I, I I don't think I knew the full scope of right. um, uh, back when it happened or 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 at all. You know, and and certainly not now. Um, and the other thing this documentary does is it, it follows and shares you know, the raw experiences and and stories of Sandra's family members along the way, which is, you know, and was really just pretty heartbreaking to, to watch. Um, I definitely, uh, I will share, I, I, I cried a couple of times, uh, in the midst of watching uh, Mm -hmm. this documentary and particularly when there were moments with her family uh, on screen. Um, and I, 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 I mentioned this last week, uh, but one of the reasons why we wanted to talk about this documentary now on the podcast is because Sandra Bland died back on July 13th of 2015. Uh, yeah. So it has been exactly six years since her tragic death. And so we wanted to talk about her and her story and also, you know, what her story has meant in the context of social justice uh,
0: in this country. So...
1: Yeah, that's what we're going to talk about today. Where do you uh, want to start,
0: Aaron? Yeah, there is uh, so much of the story here that I think I either didn't know at the time or mm. I had forgotten. Yeah. Um, and the general outline of the story is something I'm familiar with and because I remember following the story back in uh, 2015. But there's just some of the details I hadn't noticed before, I hadn't seen or hadn't heard. Yeah. Um, so, for example, I had not watched the whole dash cam footage but just mm-hmm. bits and pieces of it um, yeah. and that, um, they show, I think they show the whole foot from like, you know, traffic stop to arrest, um, of the dash cam footage in the documentary. And it's just a lot. Yeah, It's a lot um, to see that altercation and how it escalated and stuff. Um, but yeah, like you said, you can see all of the heartbreak of the family members and Sandra Bland's friends, like just laid bare. Yeah, um, sort of throughout in different moments, um, which was I think tough to watch. It's just yes. seeing the sort of reaction of of seeing people who aren't there and and having that, I think maybe maybe for both of us, reminding us of people who like we've lost and yes. who aren't here anymore, right? Yeah, and, and sort of seeing that grief, reminding of, uh, us of our of our own um, in you know different ways, but. Um, you know, there's also so much here from the sheriff and the DA and the way they talked and did their interviews to the dash cam footage and seeing that officer just like sort of constantly escalate things, Yeah. um, to the, the law that was passed in Texas. Um, and you know, just so many, there's so many details, um, to, to dive into here. Yeah. Yeah. I think, um,
1: right i i agree i learned so much about um uh, just or again really was reminded about um so much of her story and so much of what happened uh post her getting arrested and what happened to her and sort of that the three day span she spent uh in that jail and and you know some of the work that was done by her lawyers and um you know the da and the county and um and sort of the, the timeline of events that um again maybe maybe has just left my mind uh but i but i do think that some of it was new to me so i did appreciate the documentary for that um and and getting again to sort of learn more about her story and and the the events surrounding her death um you know i think heartbreak is really the theme here right um Mm -hmm. of this documentary or and you know for for us right i think it really showed us the the raw and honest thoughts and feelings and experiences of, of all the folks who are so close to Sandra and, and, and what happened to her, um, you know, and it it was, it was tough to get through. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, I think the other thing that, um, if I'm going to be honest is that I don't think I ever saw the full dash cam footage uh, of Sandra's traffic stop before watching this documentary this week, you know, um, and, and we also see, in addition to the dash cam footage, we see this sort of bystander. Um, there yeah. was a bystander there and they took cell phone video. Um, and I think we see most, if not all of that as well. And,
0: mm-hmm. uh,
1: you know, it was so damn difficult to watch. Yeah, um, yeah. I, I can't remember if I said this just to you, Aaron, or if I've shared this on the podcast, but I made a decision a little while ago that I wasn't going to watch these types of videos anymore because, you know, they're really sort of triggering and and upsetting to me, right. Mm -hmm. To sort of watch um, black folks and folks of color sort of, you know, in Sandra's case, it didn't happen, but uh, you know, this police brutality die at the hands of police or this police brutality. um, You know, it's really, it's really upsetting, but yeah, you know, there's, so there was a lot there for me, obviously, but um, there was just so much to, or there is so much to unpack about, that interaction with yeah. trooper and cena right like i th- i and i think it's sort of clear as day that there's so much in this interaction about sandra being a black woman right, right. and 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 um and cena being who he is uh, right there's some real deep-seated hatred and and racism and misogyny that's at play here yeah. um and i think that exists in a lot of
0: these kinds of interactions right yeah absolutely i think um that's very true, and the th- the thing, one of the other things that I saw that I I didn't watch, uh, but I saw that got released after this documentary was released was that, um, she filmed the, oh right, she filmed the altercation yes. as well, and the, yeah, the whole stop, um, and that was footage that wasn't released I think until twenty nineteen, yeah, um, and this was released in twenty eighteen, so, um, it was something that wasn't. Available, I guess to the documentary uh, filmmakers when they, when they did make it. Um, and that's also something else that's out there. I, I didn't, I didn't watch it. No. Um, uh, but that is another sort of piece of, of that uh, story that she did record her own uh, video. Yeah. Um, and yeah, I think you're right. There's so much um, misogyny, anti-blackness uh, yep. um, present in these traffic stops that just, I think, trigger sort of these responses that that then lead to uh, an escalation in violence, an escalation in in confrontation that yes. is not human-to-human, uh, human, right? It's like a, right. it's a sense of, of control. And I, I think you can see that when you watch that. I, I felt like I could see that when I watched the video is he wanted to have a sense of control over her, yes. when he asks, he asks her, you know, what's wrong. He can see that something is that she's irritated, and he asks her what's wrong, and she responds honestly and says, like, well, you know, I'm, I'm frustrated. I'm getting a ticket. Yep. Um. And you know, she was. I think what I would say is she was directed in her communication. Yeah. And spoke clearly to answer his question yeah um and then from there he continue he continually escalated it yes um and so I, that's it's just so frustrating I yeah. think, to watch and see that and and you know it's directly related to i think what what you said of this like sort of hidden kind of racism that then comes out um in these altercations that um people haven't done anything with
1: right and you know later on sort of related to that later on I, I believe it was um the reverend reverend hannah bonner right who's a who's a oh, white yeah. woman right and she talked yeah. about sort of she said you know uh that she had she has zero doubt that had she been pulled over or if she was ever to be ever to be pulled over. Right. Like that wouldn't happen to her. Yeah. Like at all. Right. Yeah. Um, and so that's a piece of this, too. And why I think it's connected to this anti blackness and, and, and in right. and direct alignment with what you just said there. Right.
0: Yeah, exactly. Because I think that's also what my experience would be. Right. Like I would yeah. not be pulled out of the car. Mm-hmm. Right. Like, you know, he would probably walk away thinking like, well, that guy's a jerk. Yeah. But I, he yes. would walk away. Yeah. Right. Like, um, and, and that would be it. Um, yeah, I think, so one of the other things that I think we learned or could see, um, at least in this case is that law enforcement and district attorneys can twist and will twist the evidence into their favor. Uh, right? Yes. So, yes. Um, they release information about, they released information about the THC levels in Sandra Bland's blood, um, and then made a claim that it, it contributed to her alleged suicide. Um, and that somehow that affected her mental like well-being. Yeah, capacity, um, if you will. yeah, And led to that, which is not something that is associated typically with marijuana. Yep. Um, and um, the other thing that got pointed out later in the film is that the independent medical examination that they had done, the family mm-hmm. had done, that, that medical examiner said, I mean, it wasn't, it, it was like a... a a normal amount for somebody who might recreationally use, yep. and it wasn't a heightened amount either. It was something that like it sticks around in your bloodstream for thirty days, and that the the amount was consistent, kind of with that. And yep. So it wasn't like a this r- ridiculous level where she had ingested a whole bunch and you right. know like um, somehow in a jail, but um, in a cell by herself, but that it had been happened like she had used it sometime in the previous 30 days right and that that's what had happened so um which is just infuriating because they're using that and twisting the story and twisting the narrative right and then they also said in their attempt to dismiss the civil lawsuit that the family had filed um they said that the family had caused her suicide by not posting bail immediately oh my goodness yeah um and so these were as the the lawyer for the family canon lambert points out um, obviously, just character attacks. Yeah. To start to spin the story in a particular way um, in their favor, uh, and so this is a pattern that I think has happened. We've seen happen over the last several years. Um, it happened with Trayvon Martin and Freddie Gray and Eric Garner and Sandra Bland um, and Michael Brown and so many other Black people who have been killed by the police. Yeah. Um, and vigilantes and and you know wh- whoever else. Um, but. You know, the lawyer, Cannon Lambert, again, he started pointing out how the D.A. was trying to shift the narrative around when they started asking questions about a medical examination um, following the county's release of her body to the family. And they flew back with her to Chicago to start to prepare for a funeral and also had an independent medical examiner take a look. And, um, you know, then they start asking questions to try to determine like and start to poke holes and whatever legal argument they might have. Um, but the, the County also didn't take an internal temperature right when they found her to figure out the time of death clearly. Um, and so they point out in the film, the medical examiner does the independent one. There's just so many missing pieces that the County didn't pursue, um, didn't look into t- in order to get to the truth. Right. And yeah. I think about how many cases there are like that. Um, and you know, it kind of tells me they don't, really want to see the full truth yeah they want to see what fits their truth yeah whatever their vision of the truth might be absolutely well there's a
1: lot in what you just said that sort of stood out to me right like the for one yeah it was it was fascinating to see uh ken and lambert talk about that right and sort of the the d.a. Because it, it was a text conversation, right? Mm-hmm. And so Canon literally turns his phone and shows us the text conversation. And there was a moment where um, he sh- he sort of says, "This is your official notice," or he says some. Yeah, he see, puts some, a timestamp on it, yeah, which you, is
0: like, "Well, it's a text message." It's, There's already a There's already time a
1: timestamp. But you know, Canon makes the point that like this is his way of saying, "Now this is on you," right? right. Like we have given, we have served notice uh, that this is sort of you know where we are in this process, and now you've taken Sandra's body back, or you know, her family's taking the body back. But you know, maybe. We we didn't do all the things we were supposed to do. Right. And it's like, that's bullshit. Right. Like, yeah. uh, at, at this point. Right. Yep. I and mean, I think he makes the point that y- if you weren't done, you, you know, you sh- should have waited. Right. And, and, yeah. and done a thorough, uh, examination.
0: So that,
1: that piece was wild. Yeah.
0: Um, y'all released, right. Y'all released her. Yeah. Y'all released the body to, yeah. to go home to prepare for a funeral. Yeah. Literally. So to go home. what, like that, that's on you, you. then. But it's also going to impact, right, from his perspective, it's going to impact him and his argument in court. Absolutely. Um, And that relates to, you know, obviously all of these other cases,
1: uh, you know, and some of the the mischaracterizations and and character results of Freddie and Eric and Sandra and Michael and all these names. But it also just makes me think about, you know, all of the folks in our criminal punishment system who we don't have hashtags for, right? right? And um, and sort of the work of our criminal punishment system to do this. sort of, you know, you know, uh, what, is the, what is the word I'm searching for, right? The, the ways in which, like this is the prescribed way in which uh, they operate, right? And yeah. the things that happen over and over again um, to folks that are going through our criminal punishment system. Um, mm-hmm. So I appreciate that point. The other thing I thought about, uh, you talked earlier about uh, her family, the DA sort of talking about it was her family, Caused her suicide by not posting bail immediately, yeah. and that was—I mean—that was part of why this documentary was really infuriating uh, and upsetting, yeah. right? Because just, to, to sort of see that man sit on it on you know, TV, you know, in front of a camera and sort of say that. Like, I don't know what sort of uh, <laughs> uh, human with
0: a soul would would say something like that. Um, well, and it was—it was it a—it's was a, a legal document. They put it and sent it to a court too. So it's like, uh, yeah. Oh, right. What, yeah. Like mm-hmm. I don't know and you know again the the lawyer canna lambert points out that like you haven't deposed any of these people you haven't interviewed them exactly you haven't done any of this you're making you're you're connecting dots uh based on your narrative not on any of the truth and you know he points out that like they had start to make made arrangements and 36 hours later they were ready and at that point she had she was already gone and, you know, mm-hmm. and he points out like 36 hours is not a lot of time. No. Especially if you're, you know, one of her sisters was like, I have $100 and you yes. need 500 Let me figure this out. Yeah. You know, I can't turn around and find an extra $400. Right. Out of in a couple air. hours. Yeah. Right? Like I, I got to go figure this out. Absolutely. So, uh it's ridiculous. I was, that was, I was hot. Hot. When I, when I heard that and he insane. pointed that out in the, in the, um. That dismissal document. Yeah. Um,
1: All right. So moving on a little bit, right? Like, you know, I think the other thing for me was, you know, it was, it was, uh, and you just sort of mentioned this a little bit, it was fascinating and obviously troubling for, for so many reasons, Mm -hmm. you know, to hear about the many missteps that happened in terms of what work their medical examiner didn't do to, to properly record the vitals and condition of, of Sandra's body, Mm -hmm. Um, you know, to, to hear the independent medical examiner, uh, that Sandra's family hired talk about that was just insane. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, and, and related to that, was the missteps that occurred at the jail, at the Waller County jail, where, where Sandra was held and ultimately died. You know, the thing that really gets me in these cases and, and situations is that we listen to someone like DA Mathis admit like in this documentary, he admits, uh, that the jail records were falsified, right? Like as the sort of um, troopers and, 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 uh, troopers that work there and officers that work there, um, You know, falsified those records. They didn't go and check on her, right, and check on the cells um, at the time. The time that they put on those records, he admitted that he said those words. They were falsified, Um, but he talked about how that was done by an officer who didn't do it maliciously, right? Um, Like it it certainly wasn't done maliciously. But then you juxtapose that with this character assassination and assault of Sandra, right? That was done by the DA's office and. And and the county um, and all the things and you just you just sort of talked about like that stuff really just grinds my gears right and 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 sort of is common to what we see in a lot of these cases of police brutality against black folks and folks of color.
0: Yeah, I think and it points to. Um, I just had this thought when you talked about that, like the burden of evidence oh. that that they have is like, well, we didn't intend it, right, and so. That means that if I say I didn't intend it, you can take me at my word. Absolutely. And we're done. Yep. But if I say something, right, like I have to then prove intent in other ways, right? Like people, regular people, not people in law enforcement, but yep. us regular folks have to prove intent of other people. And it's like I th- that that standard mm-hmm. is such a high bar yeah because if you poke a little bit of a hole in like whatever sort of argument around intent that you make because you know there's a a mixed emotion present in something or whatever it is yeah then like the whole thing might collapse because it's not beyond a reasonable doubt yeah i can't prove intent beyond a reasonable doubt Mm -hmm. um unless you admit to it yeah. And you admit that you intended to do that. But, uh, like, it's it's just a, a such a huge juxtaposition of the burden placed on who has to prove what. Yes. Um, and how much harder it is for regular people to prove, you know, uh, discrimination or to prove... Um, you know something else like that that it has to be intentionally discriminatory and it's like well that's not how our systems work at all right and so it kind of reminds me of in the in the documentary they talk about the sheriff Mm. rg smith of waller county he had this history of discrimination allegations um in the past and he had been ordered to attend sensitivity training yes um and so then he says do we have a prejudice do we have prejudice in this county yes do we have prejudice across this country? Yes. I was like, "Well, I don't, I don't even understand what you're talking about or why this is relevant to which." Like, can you connect the dots for me as you're as you're speaking? And he doesn't. Nope. But I think it also just misses the point because this isn't about prejudice necessarily, right? Like, yep. prejudice is what happens on an individual interpersonal level, right? So. That's not what we're talking about here. Like, we're talking about systems. Mm-hmm. And if you remove people from the systems, the systems still produce racist outcomes. That's what systemic means. That's what systemic racism is, is that the system produces the outcomes. Yeah. Right? And so to go back to this kind of idea about these differentials in how we have to prove things, there's another issue of systemic racism. Um, you know, and, and I think about his interviews and so much of what he talked about in this documentary was just so irritating to me and really graded on my nerves in different ways. And this is just one example of that. Um, and I think it's also this kind of example of how people think about racism and oppression, right? Like it's, mm-hmm. it's here, but it's not me, but it's yeah. here somewhere. Um, it's over there. It's yeah. over there. And it, you know, um, and it's interpersonal. It's not, it's not a bigger system. Right. Um, or, I think that's that seems to be the sort of prevailing kind of thought around it, and that if we're just nicer to people and oh. you know, everything's fine. But um, you know, I, 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 at least I think that's what people might say publicly, right? Like, yeah. is that that is the the public kind of perception of what what racism is? And it's just so infuriating um, to hear that um, in this moment in this documentary where it's like clearly there are systems at play that led to her death and you can't you can't acknowledge it because you you can't even wrap your mind around it. Yeah. It's <laughs>
1: You know, we're just an audio podcast here, folks, but I can yeah. I can tell you that Aaron is worked up. Uh, yeah. and it's I'm waving my arms. He's around. waving his arms around. Yeah, it's um, and it's wild. much to the
0: effect. <laughs> Very effective way to communicate on a podcast. It's it's working for me, and it's yeah.
1: uh, it's one of the reasons why I I appreciate you and, and, and call mm-hmm. you my friend because it, it also it it also made my blood boil right like yeah. so much of him talking uh, made my blood boil. Um, the other thing that stood out to me in this documentary, um, if I could, if I can shift us a little bit, um, the other thing that sort of stood out to me, I mentioned her earlier, her name is Reverend Hannah Bonner, uh, and she's obviously a reverend, uh, but, also an activist in the wake of sandra's death right we see mm-hmm. her at the jail we see her with other sort of activists and and young folks and and whatnot sort of you know they're lighting candles at the jail there and at, this is not just her it's a whole bunch of folks right but they're projecting sandra's image onto the jail um you know they're marching in front of the jail and in and in the county um so she is you know this reverend turned activist yeah. um and something she says at the towards the end of this documentary just just stopped me in my tracks um and i you know she's talking about a lot of things and i mentioned earlier how she's talking about if i'm confident that if i were pulled over this wouldn't happen to me she, this is the same person mm-hmm. she said racism killed sandra bland yeah um and i just thought that that was such a powerful statement right i, th- I yeah. think despite what any of us may think about what really happened to sandra um you know, I think it is clear that there is racism and anti-blackness embedded in our society. Um, mm-hmm. And, you know, and I know we talked a lot about that last week in our episode about America's gun obsession, right? Like r- racism is just embedded in, in our criminal punishment system, right? And, and certainly uh, was a, a contributing factor um, at minimum to what happened to Sandra and to the many other victims of police violence and, and brutality, yeah. right?
0: yeah um uh yeah i think the thing that also made me think about races the the quote from the reverend racism killed sandra bland is also in this this sort of the racism and anti-blackness in the society that you mentioned um was Khalif browder um mm-hmm. who did take his own life um but after being held in Rikers Island jail, prison for I think three years, yeah, um, without a trial for allegedly stealing a backpack that contained valuables of some kind, um, and he was in solitary confinement for two years, and so mm-hmm. he finally got released, um, and then did end up taking his own life, and um, you know that's another. That's another death from the system. Yes. That's, an, that's another, like, racism killed Khalif Browder, right? Yeah. Um, and so, yeah, you know, I think that the documentary kind of leaves an open question of whether Sandra did take her own life or not. Mm-hmm. Um, it seems like the evidence from the independent medical examiner um, points away from an actual homicide, just yep. given some of the, the yeah. evidence that, that they did have um, access to um but you know also she was there because of racism right right so there's the system white supremacy still ended up killing her um yeah and so i there's just so many um probably stories like that that we don't know about people who get chewed up and spit out through this criminal punishment system and then end up taking their own life because they don't know where to go and what to do next right um or, or even if they don't take their own life like you know the the, the opportunities for their their life is completely different Absolutely. the ramifications yeah. of that experience right are yeah. Are, are tough yeah
1: yeah all right let's shift gears and talk about application mm. um you know as i talked about earlier i think sandra's experience getting pulled over and and watching that traffic stop unfold off of the dash cam video and and the the bystander's cell phone was obviously difficult and infuriating and and, and troubling for for so many reasons yeah. you know and as a black man, it made me think about so much about black folks' interaction with police, especially in moments like that one. Um, it, it it made me think about the lessons that black children have to be taught by their parents and families mm-hmm. about how to interact with the police. Um, and, and literally, that often means practicing what could happen in a scenario if you were to get pulled over, right? right. Um, and that is... Um, that is an experience I know. And that is an experience I know, uh, friends of mine have had. Right. And so, you know, there's application here in terms of that for sure. Right. There's a reminder of the experience of black folks and the extra work we have to do in those settings. Um, and the extra sort of, uh, mental gymnastics we have to do, um, in a lot of our, uh, lived experience. Um, So something to sort of keep in mind and think about, Um, you know, I think the other piece of application I've been thinking about is in terms of what it all means in terms of the concept of humanity. And I know I've talked before here about humanity, you know, what what happened to Sandra Bland and her experience in that moment uh, and moments of that traffic stop and even beyond that in terms of her time in the jail, you know, there was a clear lack of humanity shown to her by Trooper Encinia and, and and all of the officers there, you know. And so what does that mean when folks see that, right? Like, you know, how does that land for folks when you watch that and hear about that? You know, what, what does that mean in terms of the work we have to do, right? And must continue yeah. to do so that we don't continue to see these atrocities happen. Mm-hmm. You know, I think those are just some questions and, and applications this documentary made me think about.
0: Yeah. Um, yeah, I think one of the things that I took away was, um, there's so many, um, clips of Sandra Bland's Sandy Speaks series, um, that she posted on social media, um, in her life. And, uh, I think I'm, I'm inspired a little bit by her, um, ability to speak her mind, Mm -hmm. um, whether it was on her videos or with her people, um, or wherever she went, um, she didn't hold back. Um, right. And she spoke directly. Yeah. Um, and, but she did it with some, some grace, um, and some passion. Absolutely. Um, So I think it would be, um, I think that's kind of what I want to try to figure out how to apply to my daily day life is Mm like what, what um what kind of passion and and grace can i also walk in as i you know communicate on the podcast or with my friends and family Mm -hmm. um in my life and uh or you know when i'm with you know at work or wherever wherever it is in spaces with other white folks right yeah and and, or doing this work generally yeah absolutely Mm -hmm. um but i also think a lot about how the system was set up against her once that cop assaulted her mm. right um so uh, as we said that system produced this yeah. outcome. um so you know i'm also going to say we got to keep the abolition train rolling and we gotta we gotta figure out how to get there um collectively yeah wow
1: how the system was set up against her once that cop assaulted her mm-hmm. that's yeah that's it um Man, that's that's heavy. That's a big yeah. statement, my friend. I you know, and you obviously know. I'm riding that abolition abolition train with you. Mm-hmm. Um, so I I agree. It was it was definitely nice to watch um her Sandy Speaks videos, right? And to sort yeah. of see and experience some of her humanity, right? And so yeah.
0: it was yeah. a big part of the story, I it think, is. too about who she was. Yeah. Um and why I think her death was so shocking and, and moving and and heartbreaking to her her family and yeah her people yeah right? What, right and we didn't spend a whole lot of time talking about this but you mentioned it a little
1: bit right like we see you know, so much of her, her sisters and her mother. And there was a moment with her sisters talking about showing us pictures of the photo Mm -hmm. album, right. And talking about where they were and what was happening and, um, or even some of her college friends and, and other folks. And so, yeah, this, this, this piece about humanity is just so big to me. So I appreciated that. Mm All right, let's move on to homework. Um, you know, I don't know, this might be a minor or small for homework but uh at the end of the documentary we learned about the fact that the sandra bland act was passed in texas uh, after the family settled with waller county and part of that settlement was the county promising jail reform and police de-escalation training and so that brought about the sandra bland act which became law in texas in 2017 um, and among other things, it mandated statewide reforms to increase prisoner safety. Um, so, so there was that. But you know, to be honest, I either hadn't heard about it or, or I, I don't remember the Sandra Bland Act being passed. And so, yeah, uh, for homework for me is I, and, and partially out of curiosity, but it, but it's also important. You know, I want to do some research about the Sandra Bland Act and learn more about it and, and see what kind of impact it's had in Texas. Um, mm. And of course see if it prompted some of the other reforms and, and abolitionist measures, hopefully the latter, uh, that we've, we've seen in, in recent
0: years. Yeah. What about you? Um, so one of the things I recall someone saying in the documentary is that Sandra Bland's name is one of the first black women that, that black women's names, um, who's a, um, a victim of police brutality, um, and the criminal punishment system that kind of stuck Mm -hmm. in the, in the, in culture. Yes. Um, and I think that, I think that was the reverend that you mentioned. I think so. Um, yeah. But I think that there's an important point, important point there that connects for me. Um, you know, we've talked about Kimberly Crenshaw's intersectionality here a bit. And I think that's an important piece to bring back up here. Yeah. Um, you know, hashtag say her name is a campaign that I think is um, sort of, uh built on you know the the response to sandra bland's death yeah um that highlights the black women who are victims of law enforcement killings or um other form of of anti-black violence um so i think following that hashtag and reading the other stories that are out there um i think is also important to like sort of build awareness around how um black women are are facing um, these law enforcement, this police brutality in, um, even I think higher rates than, than black men. Um, I think that's the statistic, but, um, yeah. So I, I think that that's important to, to bring up here too. Absolutely. Think about and try to engage with and learn more about that's great collectively
1: absolutely i think anything we can do we can all do to amplify the stories of black women who have been victims of law enforcement and our in our criminal punishment system you know i'm all about it Mm. um and i certainly think you know we are in a position here with this platform uh to to do some of that work so I'm i'm glad you brought it up as homework absolutely um all right my friend you are up next week what are you bringing to the table in our next episode
0: you know Uh Um, What are we doing? We have been discussing a lot of really important stuff. Yeah. That is heavy.
1: Yes. Yes. Very heavy.
0: (laughs) So we're going to take a little detour. Okay. Into some lighter, uh, lighter media. Okay. uh, In the next episode, and you know, season two of this show is starting really soon. Oh, stop I know that we both. Wait a minute. We both. Love this show. Stop it. And have watched it multiple times each. Oh, no. Um, So I want to talk about Ted Lasso. Yes. (laughs) And how our ideas around social justice and recognizing humanity and humility are all common themes on that show. Yeah. Um, I think Ted feels like a character who is a... Great example of someone who wants to do right by people and will challenge his own preconceived notions to do that. Yeah, um, and so I think that he is um, this sort of uh, role model for what um, a uh, like um, a white man can can be. Yeah, right. He's um, yeah, he's in touch with what uh, patriarchy does yeah. to people. He's in touch with what whiteness and white supremacy and imperialism has done uh, yeah. in the world u.s imperialism specifically um, and there's different examples about that throughout the show um, and so i'm really excited to talk about ted lasso here on our next episode
1: oh my goodness i'm so excited uh, folks if you have not checked out ted lasso yet uh it's on apple tv mm-hmm. uh you are missing out it is an incredible show um i i love it we love it it is just so damn good uh, mm-hmm. man this is going to be awesome i and i agree it, there's so much about ted lasso that we can talk about as it relates to all the things we talk about here in our show and yeah i mean i'm excited to see where our conversation goes because there's certainly i think a big focus we should do on ted lasso but they, they, all there's so all the main characters play some mm-hmm. Play some roles and uh, learn a lot about themselves our, our, and our folks we could talk about uh, as it relates to sort of social justice, collective liberation, all of this good stuff. So, yeah. man, I, I am excited uh, to talk about that. Season two is starting here soon. So, um, I hope folks join us in watching the show um, and join us in the conversation. And can I say, Caesar, you later. Caesar, you later. <laughs> oh my gosh. All right. With that, we want to thank you for joining us today and for listening to Interdependent Study. You know what we want you to do, but in case you forgot, please follow, leave a rating and review, share our podcast with the people in your life, uh, follow us on social media, and sign up for our email list to get notified about any of the new things we've got
0: going on behind the scenes. Yes, and thank you for listening. And remember, it's not about us, but it is about us. We'll talk to you next week barbecue sauce.